Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome, everybody. This is Mobility and Inclusion. I am Harut Markarian, and my guest today is the metaphysical consultant, the clinical counselor, and the spiritual healer, Dr. Anneli Dreisen. Dr. Dreisen is a scholar of metaphysics and the practical philosophy for over 35 years. She is the founder and CEO of the International Metaphysical Academy in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, which she established 11 years ago. The Academy's mission is to facilitate high level of spiritual education for consciousness expansion through critical thinking, applied knowledge, personal responsibility, and love. Dr. Anneli has published many articles on spiritually related matters. Her book, Spiritually Based Leadership, Seven Keys to High Performance, extensively covers many energetic laws governing our lives. Dr. Anneli, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to see you. It's a pleasure to, to see you as well. Uh, so Anelia and I were, were talking a few weeks back, uh, and she asked if I wanted to know the spiritual meaning of, of, of inclusion. And of course, I jumped on the opportunity having a doctor offer my audience a different explanation from what we're used to. Sounds like a great opportunity. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, please, uh, I want to ask if you can give us an overview of uh, what metaphysics is. Oh my goodness, uh, metaphysics is such a vast subject. Uh, if you look at it uh, on the internet, you usually uh, get it referenced as being a part of a philosophy. But of course, today it, it's a lot more. Um, it has had quite a history, which we cover uh, somewhat extensively in the academy in the beginning to just get a, get a framework. But really, uh, in the last few years, probably even in the last uh, century, uh, we have attracted many scientists, many thinkers, many prophets even, uh, many new um, ways of looking at life here and uh, in the big scheme of things, life in the cosmos, life in the beyond, life uh, when we are out of here, out of these physical dimensions. And so uh, it's it's vast, it's exciting, it's um uh, it's so comprehensive, uh, you, you can't even start to, to define it in, in one or two sentences. But in brief, I like to define it always as something that is mostly invisible to our human eyes. And we know that there are many other things in science that we cannot see, but we know they exist. And so uh, there is just a lot of wonderful news for us out there to, to get, us our, get us out of our uh, maybe unhappy places that we are in that particularly during the last year and a half uh, and and look at a much broader perspective of what's happening to this planet and what choices we have as individuals getting through this time and making it better uh, that's uh, well that's a great uh, you know overview and uh, I resonate with a lot of things that uh, that you said uh, specifically and um, and knowing what what is out there outside of our physical dimension, right? And that's very uh, interesting to me. Um, so let's let's dive into the uh, you know my, the show is called Mobility and Inclusion, and um, you offered me to explain uh, the word inclusion. We know how 
in my opinion, at least, the word inclusion today is taken has taken many meanings, most of which I disagree with, uh, and I put that on the open. Um, so, what does uh, uh, the metaphysical consultant uh, tell tell us about inclusion? Probably the most easy or simple way to explain is that we are basically all souls whether we are male or female or anything in between, um, what kind of color we have, what kind of level of intelligence we have or not, what kind of cultural background we have. In the end, we are all here to, to fulfill a specific learning task. And uh, that is something I know about. It's not even something anymore I have to believe in. I just know that that's true. And, and oftentimes, we go what well, we experience individuals or even ourselves who go through different types of disabilities. And I know part of your life mission is to help those who are physically uh, challenged, physically disabled. I know that's a bit of an outdated term, but it is a disability. And, and I thought this morning what I wanted to share with you because I'm also a social worker. I studied social work and I'm a graduate social worker in Germany. Uh, and um, and one of the exercises we once did was it was volunteer uh, is to put ourselves into wheelchairs and drive through town drive drive through city, and that was very interesting because one of the things I never ever imagined was how dismissed I was. People either looked right through me or next to me. It was like I I didn't exist. And if anything, they maybe looked at the chair, but never eye contact, uh, never uh, or rarely ever a smile, unless I bought something in a, in a store. And to be that dismissed was a totally new experience for me. And it was just fascinating. And I thought, you know, you probably can relate to that with your contacts you have. And uh, of course, part of that is discomfort. People don't like to deal with people who have or different in some form or another yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know that's that's awkward uh, and and strange and it's the easiest thing for people is to just avoid it you yeah. know so that was that was one thing and of course part of that are all these judgments that people have whether they may be really conscious or not so conscious I I don't know um, but I want to share with you a story that I remembered uh, after we talked a few a few weeks ago and uh, that is that uh, one day I was in Cologne where I studied uh, and I lived for 28 years in Germany before I immigrated to Canada. Uh, I was in the tram, you know, these big cities like Cologne, they have these little trams that go all the way through. And, and one day I was just getting from university back home and I was sitting there and in front of me was this guy with four little kids. And they were so obnoxious. They were jumping around, they were screaming, they were climbing up those things, you know, where you hold yourself. It yeah. was just, and, and I was just so indignant. I sat there with my righteousness and I just kind of tried to hate wipe him <laughs> and telepathically <laughs> tell him to please get a hold of his kids to, you know, calm them down and that they behave and all this. Mm -hmm. No, it didn't happen, but I think you must have noticed me. And, um, at some point in time, you know, I was still sort of, you know, not very happily looking at him, uh, very, very judgmental. He looked at me and said, um, they just lost their mother. And I said that, you know, I was, I was so ashamed of my righteousness. 
And it was such an impactful experience for me that I remembered it many times when uh, I was looking at someone or some group even with sort of disapproval, maybe it didn't need to be discussed, but it was uh, a feeling of, God, how could they, or why would These they, contents, you know? and, yeah. and so uh, I thought of that and said, what do I know? What do I know what's going on? And um, that, you know, was a, a very, um, very powerful experience for me. I was in my 20s, in my mid-20s or so when that happened. But I've been thinking about it a lot and it really, it really impacted me in a way to realize that we don't know a lot of things about a lot of things. <laughs> you know, and certainly I, not people. I absolutely that I, I can 100% agree with you on that, uh, you know. I'm, I'm one who likes to develop myself a lot. I'm never, I'm never resting on, on my existing knowledge, on the existing knowledge that I have. And time and time again, I found myself short of some other knowledge that would be beneficial for me if I were to know it at the moment, right? But I don't know, so I have to seek out. So that's that's correct. It's like a lot of things, uh, there are a lot of things that we don't know. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's a human being trait or it's a characteristic that is uh, born with us. We jump the gun on judging someone or mm -hmm. uh, thinking in a certain way. And, uh, you know, your story, was very powerful to me, you know, like right now hearing it. And then you said, oh, they lost their mother. I'm, I'm pretty sure that guy felt your energy, you know, as their, as his kids were doing whatever they were doing. And he felt the need to tell you that mm -hmm. or explain in some way why they were behaving that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, I think that story can be a huge lesson for, for anyone listening to it, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, and to go back to uh, the fact that you said we are all spiritual beings, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I 100% agree with that. When it, comes to, when it comes to inclusion, and we, when we talk about inclusion, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about um, sex. We're not talking about color. Uh, it's all of us are spiritual beings. And spirituality is not, in my opinion at least, is not defined by, by sex, color, race, right? Or religion. Um, or religion. So, <laughs> So, so, so why, why discriminate, resent, and form, uh, form some type of judgmental, uh, um, you know, opinions on, on others? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's very powerful. Um, but, but here's an interesting thing, though, you know, we have both, or we have many skills as, as humans. We also have a, a mind that we need to use. And forming good judgment is also part of our learning process. So as a therapist, for example, I, I uh, meet a person for the first time. And of course, instantly I have an impression and I form judgments. But with my further inquiry, I may change my judgments. Mm -hmm. I have a new judgment. And then I learn more and I may change again or expand 
on yeah. what I learned. So it's an it's always a dance between inquiring new data, forming a, a judgment, uh, hopefully doing it as as objectively as possible. And not not everyone is capable of doing that, but you know we can learn how to be more objective, and then Absolutely. again stay open to more data, to more information, and that makes it really uh, a conundrum in a way because we have to use judgment. So to go around and say, don't be judgmental, don't, yeah, yeah, that's right. But there is also a term in English language that judgmentalness always implies immediately a negative. Whereas judgment in, in other languages, like in German, for example, uh, is very neutral. Like we form judgments and sometimes they are incorrect and sometimes they're very helpful and, and right on. So it is a challenge for us to, to use that on a daily basis and to be aware and self-aware, particularly to recognize, is it something that I'm projecting because of my issues that I may not have dealt with or, or actually I know about and there are buttons, so-called buttons or triggers for me yeah. to react to. So it is, it's really a, um, an, an, an issue of a genuine, attempt to be truthful to myself as well in the process. So inclusion for me, therefore, has a very broad dimension, uh, you know, to apply it for myself. And I'm certainly not perfect. Absolutely not. Uh, but no I'm working is. at it. I'm working at it. I can tell you that. And uh, it, is, it is always a humbling experience. Um, I, I agree. I, I think that's I think you nailed uh, you nailed it with that statement. It's a humbling experience to gather information. And even even if and you're right, we do form judgments. We do have uh, judgmental ideas when we first meet someone. But I love also what you said about uh, judgment being a neutral term and versus having a negative uh, uh, definition attached to it. Right. Uh, if you if if we are aware that we are making a judgment uh, mm -hmm. and we are aware or and we can choose to keep that neutral in our mind, then we open ourselves to uh, wanting to know more and adapting with the information that we're getting. Uh, now, talking about that, so when we when you in your practice with your, in your academy, when you meet people, you said you know, you judge them right away, right? Um, and uh, how, yeah, and how, how often did you find that your initial judgment was the correct one? That's an, a very good question. One of the things I learned is that often the very, very first impression is the correct one. And I when I find out later on that I had an agenda that I really wanted to like that person or really wanted this or that from that or from this person, I uh, realized that, you know, I had an agenda of some sort. Um, and whereas often my very first impression is one I can, one I can trust. But that is a learning process as well uh, yeah. for me. And uh, so my intuition is very, very strong, but my head is sometimes in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know, and it's the same with when I'm working with people in therapy. Um, mm. If I have an agenda that I, you know, any agenda, um, it, pre it prevents me from being very present and really being open and, and pr present is probably the best way. And yeah. uh, I catch myself, the 
Yeah, and I catch myself again and again, you know, yeah. uh, the, when, when I do that. And the same is for healing. You know, when I, when I am uh, doing healing work, uh, I spend uh, some time at the beginning to do my very best to neutralize all my judgment about that person, positive or negative, and, and just see this person as a, a part of God. And, and, and let go of anything else that I know about him or her. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, and just look at this, this essence of this individual that needs you know, healing. And, and that place, and, and there are a few other processes I do mentally as, as well. Um, I get sometimes some information that doesn't make sense to me, but when I share it, when I have permission to share it, it suddenly makes sense to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, and it doesn't often go out with, a, with without a strong emotional response as well. So uh, as you know, as a therapist, uh, as a facilitator of the academy and, and founder and as a you know healer, and I, I want to clarify, I don't heal anyone. I'm, I'm simply serving as a tool, you know, and any, anyone who does healing work knows that. Uh, so I'm not doing anything to you. I'm 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 just make myself available to to the highest good and 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 ask for and support help from the highest level, uh, from mm -hmm. God level. And uh, I don't work with ascended masters or anything. I go directly to to the boss, <laughs> so to say, <laughs> and funny. highest helpers. <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, that's that's how I how I work. And it's very beautiful. And I. You know, I always feel very privileged uh, during the process and afterwards. And that's uh, that's very interesting. Uh, you said that uh, you view uh, your patients as someone who's part of God, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you look at their essence. And these are, for me at least, these are very powerful words, you know, uh, because if you look at it from that point of view, you are putting all your subjectivity aside, all your ideas aside, and you're just focusing on what this person is really about. Mm -hmm. what, what, is, uh, what is he struggling with? What is he good at? And then you, by going to the higher power, the highest power, right? You're making, you're making yourself available to receiving information from the highest power and trans transferring it to your patient. And I think I think that's very powerful. I've, I've just had goosebumps talking about this stuff. So uh, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, I was going to ask you about um, something you said earlier um, about, uh, oh, it skipped my mind. Oh, the, about the agenda. You said when you, when you follow an agenda and uh, it's like you kind of take yourself out of the moment, right? It's like you're not, you're no I'm longer in the moment. That, yeah. And I, I, uh, I feel that as well, you know, I mean, simplest thing preparing to this podcast, I was going through, oh, I'm going to ask this question, that question. And, it's like, and I'm like, yeah, but if I do all of this, I'm not going to be in the moment with her, with my guest, you know? So I rather me ask maybe the first question and based on how you respond to it, take it from there, that, that way I'll be more engaged with you Mm -hmm. And the show will be more valuable to the listeners. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's very important, being in the moment, being conscious, present. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, so I wanted to make that comment as well, because I mm -hmm. felt that in my work as a podcast host or as anything else, if I, 
you know, usually I do agendas for uh, various stuff, but when I'm with someone face to face, mm -hmm. uh, I don't like to follow an agenda because it keeps me from being in the moment and present with them. Um, and also it's a lot less stressful. You know, when we have true. an agenda, then you say, oh my God, you know, I haven't done this yet. And, and you know, I better, you know, go there and the viewers probably want to know X, Y, Z. And then we lose the momentum of being with each other. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, your um, your academy's mission, uh, you know, to facilitate high-level spiritual education for consciousness expansion mm -hmm. through critical thinking, applied knowledge, personal responsibility, and love. These are all the traits that I have put as uh, part of my company's uh, mission statement. Right. Oh, okay. So. Um, so that's why I resonate very strongly with these words. And uh, I wanted, well, well, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, how do you, how do you define critical thinking in your, in your field? <laughs> well, the, yeah, critical thinking is, first of all, has become, again, more attractive now. You read more about it everywhere, particularly with all the, this of wrong information we are getting from all kinds yeah, yeah. of sites. <laughs> but um, critical thinking is, for me, much also discernment. But it's also reading things and, and, and learning things and being really open to acquiring different knowledge about different points of view. Uh, one of the things I learned is that uh, truth has no errors in it. So when things fit, you can be pretty certain that there is truth. But one of the things that is fed to us is that people say, well, everything is relative. It just depends on how you believe. No, that's not what I believe. I believe that truth is truth. And yeah. you just have to do your homework to figure it out. And so we share, for example, in the academy, new information that has been transmitted by the beyond, which I translated from German into English. And I share it and I say, well, look at it. If it makes sense, take it. If it doesn't, put it on a shelf, revisit it later and see if it fits. Because some of the ideas are really very different from what uh, usually we, we learn. And depending on our religious background or our beliefs until today, uh, it may be really challenging to adapt some of these uh, concepts. And uh, it takes a lot of courage. And so I always say, think it through and see if it applies, if it fits. And so there is no indoctrination. There is no dogma. There is none of that. But a very vast range of, of knowledge that we share. And then the critical thinking part is to really look through it and see if it makes any sense or if it is something that is applicable and potentially makes your life better. Uh, it is not about a feel-good spirituality, which is very common today, you know, that people go and, uh, you know, meet with others and just have a sense of safety and community and, and are in some sort of a cocoon to block out the rest of the world. No, the mm -hmm. academy is very down to earth. It's very much related to what also is going on in this world, not just in the world and the beyond. And uh, I know that this is my calling to uh, be available and to share this knowledge for anyone who wants it. And it's also not for everyone, you know, people want to have short-term fixes and do a little bit here and there, and that's fine. But uh, anyone who really wants to dive more deeply into the uh, core of our existence and our 
true reason for being here and also where we are going when we're out of here. Uh, they invest into themselves. And I tell you, it is uh, mind boggling. It, it is beautiful. I don't know what else I would what rather do than being, be, being with those individuals who um, really make that commitment to themselves and their own spiritual journey in their life journey here in this dimension. That's uh, that's really amazing uh, how you and that, that's that's very also important to all of us to find their true calling, the true purpose in uh, for for our existence, right? Because that's gonna make you uh, a person who's ready to do good for humanity, ready to do good in your community. And uh, a lot of the times, people lack. Uh, the vision or the purpose in their life and well well if you do now you have dr anelie dreis and you can go and uh, she will <laughs> right. do her best to help help you figure that out <laughs> yeah i should uh, say I'm, I'm sure you allow me to do this but we start only a new class once a year and the next one is not until September 18th. So it's very soon. So if people want to meet with me personally on Zoom or on any other virtual platform, you know, we can do that. They can ask questions. They can check out the website, which is very simple, you know, metaphysicalacademy.com. Very just one word, metaphysicalacademy.com. And I'm there to ask questions. And I tell you, if I don't have an answer, I tell you. <laughs> I'm yeah. not invested in, in making up anything that, that, you know, again, with the agenda. Uh, if this is right for you, I support you in doing that. But I also promise you, I don't follow you around. You know, I don't do tons of emails, follow up and tons of phone calls and all that. I made up one, but that's it. And uh, if, you know, because we are adults, it's adult learning. And I don't believe in pushing anyone well, also your your mission statement also has in it personal uh, responsibility, right? right. So that's yes. that's part of it. And I think, well, I uh, I don't have personal responsibility in my mission statement, but I have accountability, which is mm -hmm. goes hand in hand, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, that that's why. And the, the reason I like uh, Dr. Dryson a lot is because the first time we met, she said exactly what she was saying right now. She said, "If I don't know the answer to your question, I will tell you I don't know." So I'm not going to throw bullshit at you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know. that's really is true. I'm very committed to that. And I have yeah. no problem with it. <laughs> Why would I know everything? But I do know a lot. I yeah. I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, but, you know, even 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 those of us who, who know a lot, it's very, it, you know, it talks about somebody's character, someone who knows a lot, yet has the courage to say, you know, this part, I'm not too sure. I'm not, I don't, I don't know, but you know, we can maybe figure it out together. So that's, that's what's powerful. And that's what makes you, makes me think at least I'm in the right place, you know? Uh, so um, check it out, metaphysicalacademy.com. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And the new classes start September? 18th. So it's September a, we 18th. always meet on Saturdays. Uh, from 10 to 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. And then uh, we meet about once a month and one module is about a year. So it's it's a lot. And you get oh. study materials, you can get quizzes. It, it's also very fast paced. You know, when people hear what five hours of program, I say, no, I go to sleep. No, you mm -hmm. want, I absolutely guarantee you, we have frequent breaks and you won't go to sleep. <laughs> too much happening and too, too much fun too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, 
it's like this one, you know, I, again, I, I didn't come in with, here with an agenda and I'm having the time of my life. Uh, we're, <laughs> you know, we're having very meaningful conversation. I think more meaningful than any other nonsense that is going on around us these days. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about consciousness a little bit and um, you're helping people basically expand their consciousness. Mm -hmm. So if, if you were to give us and our viewers, listeners, a tip on how to expand your consciousness. What would you say? <laughs> well, let me just say what people often think consciousness is. Uh, they usually stay on a very peripheral level that it has to do with knowledge. And yes, knowledge is a part of it. But the consciousness that we are talking about, consciousness expansion and, and, and spiritual consciousness, is that and more. But it's also something that people often forget, and that's action. Uh, consciousness expansion is not just a cerebral activity. It is something that needs to be internalized, it needs to be felt, it needs to be practiced. And so there are some invitations for activities that we have uh, to, to do between the classes. And they're invitations, you know, because it's adult learning, you do what, what you get out of what you put into it. And, yeah. and also participate in those little activities uh, expand their awareness and their self-knowledge quite a bit. And, uh, and that's part of conscious, consciousness expansion. The mm -hmm. other part is that there are different levels of consciousness expansion. And we talk about also those, which I don't go into now, but there are different levels of consciousness expansion. And, and consciousness expansion, again, has to do with humility. You know, we don't sit on our high horse and say, well, I've got it now I have all the knowledge it's 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 knowledge with a paradox humbling a humbling experience that we still don't know yeah, <laughs> a yeah. lot of things absolutely uh, <laughs> so, I, yeah. so this is just a, a few comments on consciousness expansion or consciousness but there is yeah. a lot more to it absolutely and I have uh, you know high beliefs uh, into you know, expanding the consciousness. It's like when I was reading your your uh, your mission statement, uh, it was like very. It hit home for me. You know, it was because it talked about love. You know, love. It's like, you know, give us your your. You know, I think love is the most important thing. I, we don't talk about that. Let's 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 hear about love from the physical uh, consultant. That's just another one of those things that millions of poets have written about, music has been written about, books have but no one is taking action. Everything, you know, so it's just everyone just talks about love and, and everyone who explores it knows that are different kinds of love. Mm -hmm. uh, and so because I was also stuck on that, and we spent, by the way, uh, two full days just on the subject of love and we cover prostitution and I mean, you name it, any kind of any kind of angle of all of that love, brotherly love and you, know, you name it. Uh, but so I asked the beyond, can you give us a short, succinct definition of love because i am overwhelmed i don't know anymore you know it's romantic love and parental love and i mean all this stuff and the answer was love is both it's consideration and holding the other person in high regard consideration and holding the other person in high regard and so i thought that's sort of too simple but then I think it through. And you know, when I'm sort of mad at my husband or I'm, you know, something going on is it, ah, you know, yeah, we yeah. all have that, even in the best marriages. Oh, I'm thinking, I think, Anneli, I said to myself, I said, 
is that considerate of you? Are you considering what is going on there? And do you hold him in high regard? And I said, no, <laughs> not right now, you know. But then I think about it, and, and it, it, it serves me as a, a little path to rethink where I'm with him. And yes, I do hold him in highest regard. I trust him. Uh, he is a phenomenal person. That's why I married him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we married each other. And uh, was I really considered and need to be considered? And so it, it's a very simple thing that works for me. And I know there are many other ways of going about it, but um, that was amazing. Consideration. Uh, so let, me, yeah, let me ask you here. Um, you said you, you ask yourself if you're being considerate of him. Or, for example, me, I ask myself of being considerate of her, right? Mm -hmm. So what if the other party is not being considerate as well at the same time? Because you can't have it one way, right? So how, right. Do, you, yeah. uh, how do you fix or, or mediate the situation there? Well, it's a matter of agreement. We obviously we married each other and we, we, made, uh, we wrote our own vows. We married just recently, three years ago. And consideration was part of it, and we discussed it through. And so, for example, if if he gets impatient with me, which he does, particularly when it has to do with any technical issues that which I I really don't have much understanding of, um, and he's a genius, he's a computer genius. I really is, you know. And he gets very frustrated with me very quickly because I don't get it or I don't see something or so. Um, then. Um, what usually works is that when he comes down, that we sit together and I, and I tell him again, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of other strengths, but this is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and ask him to understand, be patient. Usually it works. It, mm -hmm. Well, it really always works. We were still together, right? And happily <laughs> married. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's uh, also reminding my, my, best friend my, my husband to be considerate of me and uh, uh, and it again as I said it's a matter of permission you cannot do that with everyone but Absolutely. to open a dialogue when things have calmed down is is the way to go uh, it's not in the in the in the heated moment because then there's you know no room no space because it's charged with emotions uh, and uh, blockages and resistance you know all these wonderful things that we all probably know about uh, but it, it is uh, also a, uh, a method for us to clean things up again or to be back together again, 100%. Does that yeah. make any sense? So it, but it's a permission thing. You know, you wouldn't necessarily do that or even need to do that with everyone else. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that, that, was, that was great. I think uh, anyone in a relationship today can benefit from that uh, advice. Um, because it's, it is all about consideration. It is all about holding your partner in the highest regards, right? Um, and understanding each other and agreeing with each other, agreeing, agreeing that I have a shortcoming and you have a shortcoming. Mm -hmm. Let's find a medi medium way to, you know, um, put our differences aside and agree on path forward. Um, but it's also, uh, uh, Haru, it's also something that applies to strangers. I know I just limited it to my husband mm -hmm. now, maybe my closest friends, but uh, to hold someone in the highest regards is a spiritual perspective on the soul, 
you know, something we talked about at the very beginning, that even though I may not like this or that, or um, can not relate at all to some people, or would rather not have lunch with them, I always say that I don't need to hate someone, but people yeah. I really don't want to spend any time with. Yeah. It still doesn't mean that on another level, I, I release that and say that for whatever reason, I don't know, this individual is also a part of our creator and has a particle of our creator inside him or her. And, and that's actually, that's, you know, I thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I know I, I limited your, um, I limited what you were saying to only relationships and, and married couples or, or boyfriend, girlfriends or whatever. But it is very true what you just said about we have a relationship with real, literally everyone we meet during our day. Mm -hmm. And some of those relationships we are not very happy about. Mm -hmm. But if we think of it, as you said, as an extension of our creator, mm -hmm. right? Then, you know, our, our perception should, should change and will be changed in terms of viewing this person who I don't like to spend time a lot mm -hmm. with. Um, now I have a different way of thinking about his existence in front of me, right? And uh, take a different approach in speaking to him and dealing with him. Mm -hmm. So that's very powerful. Thank you. Thank you for, um, you know, highlighting that part of it because, we, we, I mean, we want it or not, we are dealing with people we don't like. Mm -hmm. it's, More it's often, just the way it is, yeah. Yeah, so it, it is. It is good to know that every one of us is an extension of our creator, and everyone of, there's good in everyone. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of finding that good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we don't need to go for try to find it either. It, it's a release. And what comes to mind as we are talking is. Um, you know, the issue of freedom is is very much in the forefront now of people thinking. I was virtually part of the Freedoms Fest that uh, the C-Suite Network oh, that's uh, good. organized. And so freedom is such a burning, yearning and desire now. And I'm thinking if, if I manage to let go of my um, negative judgments of, of people or... Uh, just acknowledge even that there are certain people in my life that I would rather not be with, it mm. sets me free. There is a different type of freedom. I mean, we talk mainly now about political freedom. I'm talking about inner freedom. And yeah. inner freedom is something that I'm acquiring and, and I, I want to become a master at. And, um, and, and there are steps to do that. And of course, we also address that ultimately in the academy which is uh, so beautiful to watch when when uh, when people get stronger and uh, and you know it's an old, outdated word i never even use it but it comes to mind as an empowerment but i don't empower anyone they empower themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not doing anything to you i'm, I mean, I'm just... facilitating some information and support yeah, yeah. you and 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 you know do the best i can do to to value you, know... you and all that and that makes it you saying that I'm not empowering anyone. I'm just facilitating, and you are empowering yourself. That's just, just, that's just huge. And actually, in my mind, gives you a lot more credibility than uh, the, you know, the the PhD in front of your name or after your name, whatever you place it. Right? So, you know, but when I did my finished my first PhD, you know what my first thought was? I thought, 
God, what if anyone finds out I don't know anything? <laughs> and it's not a joke. I really, I really thought that, you know, I just thought, God, I just fooled all of them, you know, with my oral exam and all that stuff. If they just would know that I don't have a clue, they <laughs> would be in big trouble. <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely uh, feel you on that because, uh, you know, I have, I have three and a half degrees. So I have a minor somewhere in there, right? And I'm, I, I look at it right now. I'm like, some challenges rise up and I'm like, how did I get my degrees? You know, it's like, in order for me to do this, I have to go back, hit my books or, or, or research something else. So I'm like, I always feel like I'm in a constant uh, evolution, of, uh, a constant self-evolution, right? So uh, it's always a learning process. It's always a learning process. It's, it, it never ends. So sometimes I wonder myself, I don't have a PhD, but I have, you know, two masters and, whatever right and uh and i'm like how did i get these degrees sometimes you know like it's like yeah. i don't even remember half of the things that i i, I studied so it's uh it's it really resonates that with me and um and it's, it's, it's again nice. we come back to humility right yeah, but, you know, it's still good to have it because uh, I always say it has really not much to do with intelligence because pretty much we are on a, a very similar level of intelligence and we can learn how to write this stuff. It's it's a process, you know, you over time, you just kind of get the hang of it and know how to do it. But what it does say is that um, someone had the perseverance to hang in there with this complicated task. And that I think is a good trait. You know, if it's any other trade, any other professional that you acquire that and, and that gives you some certification or some degree shows that you have you're capable to focus and to finish something. And that's a good, a good human trait to have. And, and in that sense, I think it's it's a valid thing to have. But other people have mastery in other skills. You know, they know how to I don't know, like Bill, my husband fixes computers or someone else has, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a special skill to, to fix complicated watches. I don't know. I mean, there's tons of stuff. And so it does have valid uh, validity to acquire uh, a certification of some sort or, or um, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. No, there it is. Um, and, uh, you know, with that, when we come to uh, the end of our show, um, thank you so much for your time. Um, you My know, pleasure. And Ellie Dryson, you know, you shared some powerful knowledge on mobility and inclusion. And uh, I want to leave uh, with just a statement and see what you think about it. Uh, so uh, the simple fact is that we create our tomorrow by the way we live today. And we live today ruled by our every thought and action. For this reason, the journey to health, happiness, peace, and prosperity is different for each one of us. Uh, however, the destination is most worthy of our efforts. Do you agree with that? In part. And um, again, it would require a little bit longer conversation because there is a difference between our free will, our fate and our destiny. And there is our karmic aspects as well. So, but again, that is something we also cover in the academy. So there is more to it but in principle, that sounds really good, what you're saying. And uh, cool. I think it also would guide us to take full responsibility and accountability in what you're saying in, participati in participating 100% in, in our journey. Absolutely, absolutely it does. And of course, uh, you know, um, 
I'm just sharing my my two cents. Dr. Nelly Dryson is far more qualified than I am. So <laughs> check out uh, check out her, her upcoming class in uh, September the 18th, right? Yes, that's uh, very kind of you, thank you. Yeah, of course, uh, uh, you know, the class starts September the 18th. Uh, you can uh, get in touch with her, metaphysicalacademy.com, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, oh, Anneli uh, at metaphysicalacademy.com can do, you know, reach me directly. Cool, perfect. So there, there you have it. Her email is Anneli at metaphysicalacademy.com. Uh, please reach out to her if you want to know more about uh, yourself, if you want to live outside of your mental limitations. Uh, and this is Mobility and Inclusion. I'm Harut Markarian. I'll see you next time with a different guest. Great. <laughs> Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.